0: On this episode of The B-Side, we're going to be talking heaven, and we're also going to be talking this upcoming Lent season. Welcome to The B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. So welcome to The B-Side. I am Vince, your host as always, and here with Pastor Matt as usual. And before we jump into heaven and Lent today, we want to just uh, mention the fire that happened here um, last Thursday.
1: Yeah, just just last week, last Thursday night. Thank you. Um, you know, there's just a couple of quick things to say about that. You know, first of all, uh, I, I just want to give uh, kudos. Um, if I was younger, I would say props, uh, but I don't think I can pull that <laughs> off. Uh, but just kudos to to all of um, the, the firefighters from Vinton and the surrounding areas that came to help. And I mean, they were up all night long. Um, battling that thing and, and uh, you know, risking um, just, just safety uh, to be out there working uh, for the good of the community. And, and I want to say this about that. That's very Christian in nature. You know, mm-hmm. some people are, are down on our culture, our, our country, and, and we've got all kinds of problems. We do um, as a nation for sure. But um, one of the things that I think makes America uh, awesome, mm-hmm. is this Christian ethic of care and concern and, and this we just want to pour ourselves out for the sake of other people. And that, that, that's just something that still is, even in the midst of all of this uh, kind of mm-hmm. cultural goofiness, that's just something that still is is in, inherent in people. And it came out so clearly that night um, as, as people just were quick to give of themselves, and then the way people have rallied around those businesses mm-hmm. and things, um, just in the the short time since then, it's really been encouraging and uh, and great to see.
0: Yeah, I, I remember seeing some stories about some people that weren't firefighters that were willing to go into some of those buildings and rescue some legal documents that were really important.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just just it's one of those great things, and I think it's a nice reminder how even in the midst of again cultural goofiness, that uh, that we just have this grand um, ethic.
0: Mm-hmm. So we just want to say thank you to all of those uh, men and women who helped with the fire, all those men and women who are continuing to pray and serve this community and help those business owners. And um, we, we just want to thank them uh, for stepping up uh, because that's not, I don't think it's a normal thing to do, uh, to take time out of your normal busy life and, and run to help others that maybe you know or maybe you don't know.
1: Yeah, so, so it's just it, it's kind of a fun thing on, on the flip side of kind of a tragedy, and, and, and we're so thankful, and, and God is so gracious that no lives were lost and there were no, no real injuries, but um, uh, just, just kind of the nice thing on the other side of a tragedy to be able to look and say, you know what? God is so full of grace, and, and he's poured that out on us, mm-hmm. and, and we get to just celebrate that.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna move on from that, and we just finished our Heaven series this last Sunday. We had it was six weeks long, and for some people, I'm sure they were like, "Oh, can we get this over with?" And some people are still uh, have questions that they are craving to be answered. Mm -hmm. Um, But we didn't have any questions in our box this week, so we just want to kind of wrap up uh, the series and talk about something that you've mentioned you wanted to say in your sermons, but it never really fit, Um, and so. I'm curious, how, as Christians, do we engage with books, um, movies, or other media that portrays heaven or uh, proclaims this is the way that heaven is?
1: Yeah. You know what? And and, and that is, I'm glad you asked me that question, because that's that's something that I've been um, wanting to talk about in this series, but, uh, you know... um, it just hasn't necessarily seemed to have a natural fit. But I think it's so important for us to acknowledge that there are a lot of pictures in media, in, in literature, in movies. Uh, there are a lot of pictures out there about what heaven is like. And some of them are clearly fiction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and so we can deal with them in one way. Mm-hmm. And some of them though claim to be an accurate portrayal um, from, from Christian people who have been to or got a glimpse of heaven and then were, were returned to, to this earth and this body and, and want to tell us what heaven will be like based on what they've seen. And, and so the question always comes, it's like, well, Matt, what do we do with those? Mm-hmm. Do, we, do we promote those as a church? You know, when we've got a movie like Heaven is Real that's going to be, or that, that has been here in town at the movie theater, do we, do we buy tickets and, and pass them out to our friends and say, hey, come to this and see mm. because Heaven is Real? And, yeah. um, and, and you know, I, 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 always, I always struggle with things like that because, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that I've not read every one of those books and mm-hmm. I've not seen every one of those movies. Uh, but I'm also going to say the reason I haven't read every one of those books <laughs> And I haven't seen every one of those movies is because I am very skeptical of them by nature. So I can't sit here and speak specifically to every single book Mm -hmm. that's been written about an experience to heaven. But in general, I will say this, I'm not a huge believer in them and I'm not a huge fan of us using those as ministry tools. And, Mm. And the reason is this, um, God has so clearly communicated some things to us about heaven Mm -hmm. that if we really want to get people excited about what heaven is going to be like, and we really want to encourage people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we really, we have an avenue to do that Mm -hmm. that isn't something that we have to wonder about its authenticity. Uh, And so, you know... You know what's the first thing I'm going to do in heaven? The first thing that I'm going to experience? What's that? Uh, well, uh, I know you're thinking probably it's I'm going to drink, you know, my my first cup of, of coffee, mm. um, in a not fallen world yeah. with not fallen taste buds. But no, that's my second thing. Okay. Uh, my first thing that I'm going to do is is I am going to fall down at the feet of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because this person, the God of the universe. God in flesh that has saved my very soul, that has poured grace and love into my life. This this uh, lover of my being that I am finally going to be with physically um, in heaven, um, that is going to be such uh, an important part of, of my experience in heaven. And I read these books and and, and I see these movies and uh, maybe every once in a while there's a shout out to Jesus, Mm -hmm. uh, but Jesus is never central in the experience, which Mm -hmm. leads me to believe that it's just not factual.
0: Yeah. And and one of the things that really helps me with this is um, understanding what my Bible is at its core, that um, God put everything in here that he wants us to know that we're not missing things that we need, and that it's complete. And so when we talk about like a book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, or Heaven is for Real, I can be confident that this book, the Bible, stands head and shoulders above that, that this is authoritative, and that may be um, fun to read, but it's not scripture, and it never will be shoved in after the book of Revelation. It's never going to be part of scripture, and we should always take those books, those movies, and examine them with this.
1: Yeah, that's, you know what, that's a great point, uh, and just bears, bears ferreting out a little bit, that, that when we look at the Bible in its entirety, if we understand what that is, that is God's complete and closed revelation to his people. There is nothing that we are going to find out someday that, oh, you know, God meant for us to have this Mm. and it didn't make it in there. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, God really wanted us to know this, but we ignored that book that somebody Mm. wrote. No, no, no. His complete revelation to us is in scripture. And that doesn't mean there's not great books out there. Man, I read, when I'm right, Mm -hmm. I read two books a month. Uh, I'd love to get down to to reading one book a week, but I I, I haven't quite got my schedule worked out that well. So I I, I try to read um, two books a month, and so I've I've got 24 picked out for the year, and I'm three through my 24 here Mm -hmm. in in mid-February, and uh, so I'm on good pace. But I love to read, and and there are all kinds of good books out there, so I don't want people to be confused that it's wrong to read those things or it's wrong to know those, but they are not Scripture.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so, moving on from that, we don't want to name books that, to stay away from, or, you know, we don't want to name those, because there's just too many of them, and we'll miss one. Oh, and, sure, And yeah, we've never, yeah. we haven't seen or read all of them. Um, so, as we wrap up this Heaven series, a, a question that lingers for me, and I think you've probably answered this multiple times in the sermon, but I think it, it's important just to say it once, so say it one more time. Sure. Um, why did this series matter? Uh, why is it important for us to have a correct view or um, a scriptural view that is, you know, we may, we don't know everything um, about heaven because God doesn't give us everything, but why is it important for us to have a correct or scriptural view
1: of heaven? Yeah, that's, that is a great question, and it's one I'm happy to answer. And you're right, I hope, Vince, that I've answered that uh, multiple times throughout the series, but... Um, one more time is going to help more than it's going to hurt. And so why not do this again? And one of the things I was always taught about both the sermon and a sermon series is that it has to have a handle. Mm. You know, it has to have a handle so that the hearer, the listener, can pick it up and take it with them. Mm. Because if they can't easily pick it up and take it with them, then what was the point? It just gets left behind. And so I think the handle for this series has simply been that understanding well, what God has in store for us next should free us to do two things in this life. One is it should free us to see this life in a different context. Hmm. And then because we can see this life in a different context, it should free us to live this life differently. Hmm. And I, you know, I think I've said this throughout the series, uh, but, but I think one of the most misdiagnosed things in our world today is homesickness. Hmm. Uh, We are uh, created with this seed of eternity. Ecclesiastes Hmm. 3.11 talks about this seed of eternity. It's planted in our hearts. And so we are hardwired for eternity, but we've never experienced it. And so in this life, we crave, we crave things. We crave all kinds of acknowledgement or experience or pleasure uh, or or just affirmation and all of these things that we want and we crave and we want to have them and we want to collect them and we want to put them on a shelf and we want people to know how great we are and Mm -hmm. we want to be fulfilled and and all of those things. But none of them ever satisfy
0: Mm.
1: because none of them were ever meant to satisfy I think we, we said it on on Sunday, and and I, I think it's actually a John Eldridge thing uh, from his book uh, um, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that, that Satan kind of puts this world out there as this carnival of counterfeits, mm-hmm. things that we just latch onto that aren't the real thing. Mm-hmm. But when we know what God has in store for us in heaven, and we know that the real thing is coming, the thing that is planted in us, the thing that drives us, the thing that just makes us adventure and passion and and move, that that's coming for us Christians, Mm -hmm. then it allows me to not need it right now. Mm. And it allows me to spend my life looking for it where it counts and mm-hmm. where it will last forever. And so my hope is that through this series that you know some people that are sitting in the congregation listening or listening online, you know that there's somebody that's going to say, "You know what? Because I have an understanding of what's in store for me in heaven and how good it is, I want to go ahead and serve as a missionary. Mm. I want I want to go overseas and I want to pour my life out for the sake of the gospel now." Mm. Or somebody else that's that's sitting here and going, "You know what? I think that I want to get into full-time ministry. I want to get into vocational ministry because I know what's coming next, and that will satisfy my soul. So I want to pour myself out right now for the sake of the gospel. Uh, Or even on a smaller scale, that there's people here that would say, you know what? I'm going to be more bold at work. Mm. I'm going to forego buying a bigger house because I know it won't satisfy, and I'm going to I'm going to use those resources, sharing the gospel with people that need to know it. Uh, I just, my, my hope is that we'll act differently because we know what's coming.
0: Yeah, that, that's really good. Um, so we're going to move on from this heaven series. And I just want to reiterate this, that uh, if you still have questions about heaven or if you have questions about other biblical things it doesn't have to be heaven, it could be something else that it has really been bugging you. Um, church doors are always open to come and talk to, to myself or to Matt, or if we're not here, shoot us an email, and we love to have a conversation about the Bible. It's one of our favorite things to do is talk Bible.
1: right Sometimes we don't get a lot of work done because we sit around talking Bible, and so for sure. Uh... Yeah, for, for, for sure. That's that's a wonderful thing and, and an opportunity we would love to have with people.
0: So I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if our audience has noticed, but if you watch a lot of TV, a lot of the Olympics recently, you will notice that there have been a lot more fish sandwich commercials from McDonald's and Culver's and I, I'm sure Taco Bell even has like a fish taco going on. Um, and this is, this always happens this time of year. And I remember the first time I realized why it was happening, and I'm not sure if a lot of people actually do understand why fish sandwiches get advertised so much around this time of year. And uh, one of the reasons why they get advertised this time of year is because Lent is coming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, with, with Lent and, you know, traditional uh, Catholic practice, uh, with Lent, we, we don't eat meat, uh, but Fridays you know, we get to eat fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> there's all kinds of specials. If you're a fish sandwich guy, mm-hmm. uh, there's all kinds of specials for fish sandwiches, fish mm-hmm. tacos, fish whatever. Yeah. On Fridays, you can you can uh, get out there and find a good fish fry oh, um, yeah. at some um, American Legion Hall or, or yeah. uh, uh, fire station, and, and it'll be good.
0: Yeah. My mom always taught me not to eat fish at a fast food restaurant. It's just... Stay, stay away from it. That's just always was kind of the rule in our family. But let's get beyond the fish sandwich okay, for fair right enough. now. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about Lent because Ash Wednesday is tomorrow, which starts off this 40 days, uh, technically 46 days. And we can kind of talk a little bit about what that is all, all about. Um, but first, let's just talk about what is Lent. And I know that you come from a tradition that's not very Lent heavy or doesn't practice or teach Lent very often, but sure. what has been your experience or your knowledge of Lent?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, so, so what I know about Lent, and actually I grew up, the, the first church experience I had was, was in, a, in a Presbyterian church uh, as a kid. My grandparents went, uh, and so my parents would take us, and uh, it was more social and family time mm-hmm. than it was church time, but, but Lent was practiced. Uh, and uh, when we left that church, we ended up at a, a, a I ended up with my other grandparents at a Southern Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, Lent was not practiced, and mm-hmm. so you kind of have the the breaking point right there, right? Uh, most right. reformed churches, Catholic churches you know will will practice Lent. The more liturgical uh, of a mm-hmm. church it is, the more mm-hmm. they'll practice. And, and most evangelical churches um, don't or at least don't make a big deal right. as big a deal out of out of Lent, but Um, I actually do Mm -hmm. um, observe Lent, um, but I observe it differently, I think, than Mm -hmm. most of the traditional churches do. And and Lent really is about, I think at its core, Lent is about sacrifice, repentance, prayer, uh, and something called penitence.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: And and so I think that that we have to understand, first of all, when we talk about Lent, what is it we're really talking about? Mm -hmm. Uh, and Lent is a lot like Advent. Mm-hmm. Advent is that time before Christmas where we start to look ahead and prepare for Jesus's coming. Yeah. Advent is similar to that, except we're not looking ahead to something that's going to be this grand, joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. We're looking ahead kind of in somber reflection on what Jesus has come to accomplish. Right. Uh, and and so as we go through Lent, we have this, this almost rep- repentant attitude, knowing that it's our sin Mm -hmm. that's about to cause the cross.
0: Yeah. So I just want to cover, that's all great. I just want to cover a little bit of the, kind of the history of Lent, if I could. Um, From all of my research, uh, the question of when did Lent start, when did it become a thing? Mm -hmm. um, All of my research points that this is a practice that is really from almost from the beginning of the early church and officially kind of codified after the Council of Nicaea, which is around 325 A.D. And the, there is some interesting things in tradition as far as Lent goes. And if you really want to dive deep into it, you're going to get kind of the spider web of different practices. And so the Eastern Orthodox Church is pretty hardline. There's no meat. There's no animal products. It's like a vegan fast uh, for Lent. Um, the Catholic Church typically does no meat. Um, and historic- Unless
1: it's St. Patrick's Day. Unless
0: it's St. Patrick's Day then or we're it's good a Friday. Or beef. Um, but w- one of the things I found, found pretty interesting was throughout all of these, it's about giving something up. Yeah. And uh, I think in our culture, we have lost this sense of giving something up for God. Yeah. in general. Um, and Lent always serves as a good reminder that, hey, there are things in your life that are distracting you from God. Um, and one of the things I really found super interesting to me was that Lent in the early church, and for a long time in history, was used as this uh, preparation for new Christians to be baptized. And so new Christians, they would be in the church and they would spend these 40 days as an intentional time to get closer to God in preparation for baptism on Easter Sunday. Now, that's not something that a lot of churches do that much anymore. They, obviously, they still baptize on Easter, but there's not this intensification of preparation. And they would also use it for uh, Christians that had, I guess the Baptist term would be backslid. Um, And so those backsliding Christians would use these 40 days to get right with the church. And so if somebody had been uh, excommunicated or lost membership to the church, they would use these 40 days to show the church, hey, I'm for real about my faith. And on Easter Sunday, they would be readmitted into the communion and the fellowship of the church. So those are just some uh, interesting practices. And, And I have to mention... The Affair of the Sausages, because
1: I, okay, tell me. I'm it's one of my
0: favorite things. And so we all know the Reformation happens, and, but you may not know this guy called Ulrich Zwingli, and he's like my favorite reformer of all time, mostly because of the Affair of the Sausages. And so the story goes, it's Lent, he's working on something with a couple of guys, it's lunchtime; they need a break, they need to eat, and they look around, they have nothing but sausage to eat. And this is Lent, you're not supposed to be eating meat unless it's fish on a Friday. And since he's got these hungry guys, obviously he's not gonna make them go hungry. And so he feeds them sausage, and this it blows up. And everybody in the Catholic Church comes down hard on Zwingli, and he this is kind of his turning point was this affair of sausages, and he's like, you know what, you guys are crazy. You're too strict, you're too religious about this thing. You're missing the heart of it. And so that's what spurred him on to, to lead the Swiss uh, uh, Reformation. And I, I just always find that you to just, be a humorous story. You just
1: talk about the affair of the sausages, sure. You know, I, I think that's important, though. There, there's something to grasp from that, is at the heart of Lent. And, and, and I'm going to encourage um, our, our listeners that are Blessed Hope um, folks uh, to participate in Lent. We're actually going to talk about mm-hmm. this this coming Sunday. Um, it's part of our sermon topic, but, but we're going to be dealing with, with the idea of prayer and fasting, and we're going to connect that to Lent. And, um, but, but in all of that, I think what your what historical remembering and, and reminding us of the affair of the sausages does is it, is it kind of clues us into this idea, something that Jesus, the point he made frequently, mm-hmm. is that the heart is the issue. Mm-hmm. Our religious activity is not. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something we always fight in church because a church will just by nature of what it is, you mm-hmm. know, is a local church. We will, we will be heavy on religious activity. We yeah. will. And, and religious activity isn't bad. It's good, but it's not the heart of a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and the God of the universe. And so we want to always be mindful of that. And so I think like this year, as, as we, as a church practice Lent, uh, you know, I, I, what I'm going to ask people to do um, is I'm going to ask them to really meditate and reflect on the cross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's, that's the whole purpose of Lent anyway, is that there's something about the cross of Christ that is high and far and above any other religion, any other philosophy, mm-hmm. any other movement that's ever existed. It's the answer Mm -hmm. Uh, to life's questions. It's the answer to our relationship with God. It all happens because of the cross. Uh, And and so sin is atoned for and conquered, and death is defeated with Mm -hmm. the resurrection, and all of that that happens um, because of Good Friday and Easter and and all of this. Mm -hmm. And so I want us to be mindful of that, and I want us to be penitent. and I want us to sacrifice Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and draw closer to God in the process. But here's my problem with Lent. What's that? Most people that practice Lent have turned it into a diet plan. Yeah. You know, or, or some kind of self-help. You were saying this earlier. Yeah. Some kind of self-help kind of ritual. Like, okay, well, I'm going to give up carbs mm. for Lent, and, and that'll be my sacrifice for Lent. But really what I'm doing is I'm giving up carbs because I know that's better for me, and I've been trying to do it anyway. Yeah. Or I'm going to cut salt out of my diet. Well, that's because my doctor told me three weeks ago I'm supposed to cut <laughs> salt out of my diet. And I use Lent as my excuse. Yeah. Uh, or I know that I should be spending more time with my family, and so I'm going to cut down on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Okay, great, but that's a self-help plan. Yeah. And, and, and that really bothers me because I think we've lost the heart of Lent when we do that. Then we're just making a good resolution that we're trying to fall through with. And those are great things. Eat better cut out carbs if you need to, you know, eat less salt, stay off of your phone and your Mm -hmm. social media for a while and be with your family, all great stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But is that really penitent? Is that really focusing on repentance and sacrifice? And so here's what I want to encourage people to do. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage people this Lent, same thing I encourage them every Lent, actually. If we go back to last year, I said the same thing. Um, But what I want to encourage people to do is to pray Mm-hmm. Fast in some way associated with the praying, and, and, and so maybe that's you know what I'm going to cut food out every Tuesday during Lent. I, I'm going to I'm going to refrain from food, and I'm going to spend the time when I would be eating or when I'm thinking about food praying and reflecting on how much I trust God and what He's done for me. I want you to pray and fast. I do, mm-hmm. uh, but but more than that, here's what I want you to do. I want people that call this church home. I want them to identify. And I want them to work to ruthlessly cut sin mm-hmm. out of their life. Because there is no better way to grow closer to the God of the universe than to attack the sin mm-hmm. that lives in your life. And, and you know what? That's I, I can't prescribe that for people because that's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. We got some people out here who are hooked on porn. Mm-hmm. And, and they need they need to get rid of their computer. Some of them maybe need to give their laptops away or go back to a flip phone mm-hmm. so that they don't have instant access to the internet. Some of them just need to find some accountability partner. We've got people here who 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 gossip like crazy, mm-hmm. who are engaged in relationships they shouldn't be engaged in. We've got other other folks who, who are, are uh, just um, stuck um, with alcohol or they just have unforgiveness in their heart. And what I want to encourage people to do this Lent season is 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 take what happens on the cross seriously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Jesus dies for our sin, not so that we can keep doing it, mm-hmm. but so that we can ruthlessly get rid of it. And so I want to encourage people, yes, fast, yes, pray, yes, draw closer and meditate on what God's done, but as a response of what God's done on the cross, work to cut sin out of your life. And, and that's where, that's where if, if people are struggling with that, I want them to come see us. I want them yeah. to talk to us, you know, talk to their small group leader, find, find somebody in the church that they trust that, that will just say, you know what, I'll walk through that with you. Mm-hmm. But what a better time to, to focus on holiness mm-hmm. than when we're naturally inclined to think about the cross and what our sin cost God. Mm-hmm. It cost everything. And he paid it gladly. Yeah. And yet we're going to go ahead and keep sinning and think, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll keep watching porn, but I'm going to cut salt out of my diet. And somehow yeah. that's going to make me holy during Lent. That mm-hmm. doesn't get it done.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that is important about Lent, and I noticed this in college, it was kind of trendy when I was in college mm-hmm. to not talk about giving something up, but talk about adding something on. And I always saw that as kind of half. Of the equation, yeah, it, it, we either want to get rid of something, or we either want to add something. The whole point of Lent is to get rid of something that is distracting you from God, whether that be sin, whether that be uh, something as benign as TV, or you know, yep. whatever that thing is. To get rid of that distraction, and don't just sit there in silence during that time, but add prayer, add service to the community, add Bible reading, to add something that brings your heart closer to God because removing sin or removing TV or social media or food um, doesn't complete the process. That's why prayer and fasting is always connected.
1: Well, right. Otherwise, all we're doing is uh, what the Pharisees did, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going through the motions so that we can say we did it. Right. Uh, But the idea is that whatever this is, binds us closer to the God of the Mm -hmm. universe, that we meditate on the sacrifice and we grow closer. And and you know what? Here's the thing. Easter Sunday is coming. Lent will end. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when Lent is over, I want to be in a position where I've drawn closer to God and I can can continue in that walk, not check it off my list, okay? I'm, I'm one and done.
0: Yeah. So we're pretty much out of time. We didn't set our timer, so we may be a little bit over. But I, what is this upcoming series about, and why is it important for people to come and, and hear it? And
1: hear it, yeah. So I'm actually really excited about this upcoming series. I think I'm always really excited when we start a new series. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like starting a, a good book or, yeah. or or going to a movie. It's just this, this newness of it. And uh, we're going to be doing this series called Understanding Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of the reasons that I'm so excited about it and that I think I want you know, to encourage as many people as can to be here and to invite their friends and and to bring non-church folks is is because I think sometimes we're, we're confused about what the church is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's some people out there that view the church as a country club. Yeah. You know, it's a place where I I come and I I pay my dues and therefore I get things my way Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable here. And, um, you know, I I see the people I know and I sing the songs I like and I hear the sermons that make me feel good. Mm Uh, there's some people that that view the church as hypocritical, mm-hmm. um, and, and the assumption is that people that come here to church feel like they're better than everybody else. Right. Uh, and, and you know, I, I just when we want to understand the church, we want to know what it is that the church is about. What do we think about ourselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's important for people in the church to be doing? And and here's just just a, a little bit of the context of this is that one of the things we're going to find out in this series is that a church that's on mission mm-hmm. is one that is honest, it's open about who we are, and it's one that always makes us uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I imagine this might be a painful series for some of our church people.
1: Uh, you know, I hope so, and, and not in a disrespectful or a hard to mm-hmm. get along with way, but I hope so because um, I hope that that by challenging what the community thinks, to a degree, we're going to challenge what we think about church. And so we're going to talk about, you know, how do we handle leaders in the church? What is that even about? What, what do we think about elders? And why do we have elders? And what does it mean to, to follow elders? And, and we're going to talk about worship. Like, like, you know, I mean, the worship wars might be over, mm-hmm. you know, culturally, uh, but I'm not sure that's true in Vin. Right. Um, I, I, you know, so we're going to talk about worship and what are we really looking for in worship and why is it more than old and new? Yeah. You know, why is it? Why is it different than choruses or hymns? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we're going to talk worship and we're going to talk growth. The fact that everybody should be growing. And and the one that's going to sting a little bit too is we're going to talk about mission. Mm-hmm. The fact that if you are a member of the church, you are a missionary. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you've got to go to Africa. Um, but it does mean that you need to live on mission. And so we're we're going to dig into all of that. And it's going to be, I think, a a great time of growth and challenge for our body. And anybody in the community that's confused about what church is for and what church is about, this is a great time to invite them. If you've ever had a friend that said, you know what, I used to go to church, but that place is full of hypocrites and I don't want anything to do with church. This is a great series to invite Mm -hmm. them to because Um, you can give them an invitation and say, hey, come with me to this series that that tells us all about what the church is supposed to be about. Right. And it'll be a grand time.
0: So we just want to thank you guys for joining us today. may have been a little bit long, but we had a lot of great things to talk about, things that are super relevant to what's going on right now. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for joining us and see you guys in a couple weeks.
1: All right. Thank you, Vince.